The Swamp Without a Still is just a tent, a martini without olives doesn't quite make it, and Mash Minute is intended for mature audiences. Put on your headphones, listen for the tone of your favorite podcast, Mash Minute. Well, it's a minute-by-minute detailed analysis of the movie without which the series wouldn't exist. Megan and Tierney, and guest will make three. Goddamn army, Mash Minute. Welcome back to Mash Minute, where we analyze the 1970 Robert Altman film one minute at a time. I'm Megan Coleman. I'm Tierney Steele. I'm Doris Weiss. She's back! Yay! I know uh, we were saying a lot of movies by minutes podcasts have the same guest all week, and we're kind of playing with that and just mixing it up. So we're thrilled you could come back for a minute 41. Yeah, long time travel, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Time zones are fun, aren't they? Time zones are so fun. (laughs) I can't wait for us to give up on this whole changing the clocks thing. It's at least one less thing to worry about. Oh. Are you also uh, talking about doing away with it? Yes, but I feel like people have been talking about doing away with it since it started. (laughs) Yeah. They've been doing this online survey in the European Union, and I think almost 5 million people took part, and they uh, said, we want to do away with the time change. And now they're actually doing it in 2021. Wait, so you're going to all be on one same thing? No, 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 just you wouldn't change the clocks. Oh, oh, sorry. Okay, right. Duh. They're not changing time zones. They're just <laughs> stopping changing the clocks to daylight savings. But they haven't decided which time to take yet. Normal oh, okay. time, standard time, summertime. Or who's going to do what. And also turns out that of those 5 million people who took part, 65% were German. So not <laughs> really representative. <laughs> <laughs> Minor detail, right? (laughs) But it looks like they're actually going to go through with it and getting rid of daylight savings time for good. Because there's still talk of getting like New England, so Eastern Coast, of us leaving the Eastern time zone and going to the Atlantic time zone, which I think is just crazy too. A lot of people have been arguing for it. I am down with whatever plan gives me the most daylight. I think going to Atlantic. I'm I'm fine with that. I think we get more during the summer, but I don't know if in the winter we necessarily would get any more. If it doesn't get light, if if the sun doesn't come up until almost 10 in the morning in winter, not so fun, I think. Yeah. Well. Oh, time. Let's just make it summer all year round. Problem solved. Let's all move (laughs) to California. That's what I was thinking of. Anyway. (laughs) Megan and I's mutual friend Danielle has informed me I am not allowed to just move away from Massachusetts and go to California. (laughs) Oh, well. Yeah, she has informed me that she will be irate if uh, I pull a goodwill hunting on her. (laughs) (laughs) Massachusetts, it's nice. Been there. During the summer, I'm I'm good. Yeah, I can only talk about the summer. I've never been there in winter, though. I don't think you're missing much. Yeah. (laughs) I'm trying to think how to pivot this to mash, and this is clearly taking place in well, the winter there, because we've got a fire barrel going. Right, but- and everyone's in coats. And maybe when you're just working all the time and then sleep for big swaths, you don't really know about, care about time anymore, right? It's just That's all true. one time big- means nothing yeah. to these people. Actually, we're going to talk about time and screw up this <laughs> minute. This is minute 41, which starts with Burns and Houlihan walking away from the mail slot. 
And it ends with Radar trying to sing Hail to the Chief at Trapper's Party. Yay! Trying and failing. (laughs) Well, yeah. We'll get there. We'll get there. Maybe. So yeah, the the announcement ends. This is the third time amphetamines have been stolen this (laughs) month, which is a ridiculous time frame. And I meant to ask last minute for people to notice the doctor and patient in the background in this hallway. Oh, mm-hmm. the one on the stretcher. Because yeah. those are the doors to the OR. Yeah, on the left is the post-op ward, on the right is the pre-op ward, I'm assuming. Right. And so they were just there in the last minute, but in this minute, they get to do a little bit of busy extras background work as Burns and Hillahan walk away. Oh, yes. Get a little flailing. Give him some speed. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. Then we go outside and we get the... I was like, is this fire barrel in the background foreshadow for this evening and or Burns' eventual... (laughs) Burns is burning. Ooh. (laughs) Like that. (laughs) Hot lips. uh, Oh, I did it. Houlihan offers him a handshake, which he somehow manages to turn. I was trying to figure out what the wording is for that because he doesn't hold his hand vertically. He does the little like holding her hand from underneath thing. Mm. Kind of clasping it. He could kiss it. He doesn't. Yeah. It's moving her hand so that he could do that in theory. He's very gentle in that minute. Very gentlemanly also. Yes. Very courtly. Yeah. And it's kind of sweet because she is, I'm thrown off here because my thing is, she is so obviously nervous, but I'm also aware that in the original ordering of these scenes, she would have just gotten back from the mess tent in that confrontation with Trapper John. Oh, right. Yeah. And not the makeout sesh. <laughs> the nervous energy that she is giving off when they first come up to the door is her reacting to that. But look at, she licks her lips right before she says, I'll leave the door unlocked. <laughs> Like, wink, wink. Well, anticipating. Mm-hmm. It's real good. Again, Sally Kellerman did get some awards, did get recognition for her role in this movie, but I think that is kind of because she's the only girl. And she's given more to do than Burns, but watching watching her and Robert Duvall act against each other in these scenes is amazing. They totally seem out of place with the whole setting. Like, they're in a movie all by themselves. Oh, and they're... Their movie's so much better for women. It's still not perfect, yeah. but it's better. <laughs> yeah. They're not Lieutenant Dish, who is, like, accosted on sight <laughs> the very first second this guy steps off the Jeep. Did he even get out of the Jeep before that started? <laughs> I know, right? I guess so. <laughs> I mean, Duke is, is the real creep of the movie. But he's so damn cute. Ah. <laughs> he's the king of womanizers let's just face it Terry as cute as he is he is the king of womanizers sometimes <laughs> <laughs> men are emotionally unavailable it's a whole thing oh uh, yeah so are we talking about the party now <laughs> yeah party the time raucous party the fluid replacement party yeah, yes yes so the <laughs> announcement is that Trapper John is giving a talk on Blood and fluid replacement, <laughs> and I think he is focusing on the fluid replacement here because we get to see this amazing old cooler used for transporting blood and keeping it cold, and it is being used for their beer. PBR! Yeah. Beer is isotonic. It's perfect fluid replacement. Mm-hmm. Ah, oh, this is great. <laughs> I'm just going to, like, sit back and let you guys talk about beer, and I'm just going to be like, oh, I've never had a 
PBR. Wait, and me neither. You're my friend and you never had a PBR, Tierney? I don't think I have. <laughs> I mean, it's okay. So when I was in college, the go-to <laughs> cheap beers were Natty Ice Ugh. or Coors Light. Ugh. And then I would have like... Is that Sam even Adam's beer? Summer Ale was my go-to beer for a really long time. No, the that... summer ales, the wheat ales, I, I like those. And now Narragansett Lager. Gansett. Gansett mm. is a good one. And it's mm. just, I tend to like beers that... You like I'm lighter beers. I'm not drinking them to drink the beer. I'm drinking them because, like, I'm having a meal or something. And a beer, a cold beer goes well with it. Fair enough. And that is the opposite of... Natty Light beer drinking. Enjoy beer. <laughs> I don't even think you should be able to call Natty Light beer, but that's just my personal, very it biased. It is the bottom of the barrel. Um, yes. Do they even allow natural ice beer in Germany, Doris? Uh, <laughs> I would hope not. <laughs> That's a national insult. <laughs> it would be a national insult if I well, <laughs> If oh, you no. go to if you go to specialty stores, you will find your course light and stuff in Germany as well. <laughs> it is not considered beer though. Thank baby Jesus. It's considered Thank lemonade, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I am not although I'm German, I'm not the specialist for beer because I'm not a beer drinker as such. I usually also just have it when I'm having a meal and it goes well. Mm-hmm. It's not that, well, it goes against the cliche, but Germans are not born with a beer gene. So, <laughs> No, I had sorry. a German pen pal for years, and when I went to visit her at one point, her boyfriend was very excited because I would drink beer and hit the, the pen pal would not. So he was all excited to be like, <laughs> yes, I'm like, someone I'm going to get sloshed with. <laughs> no, right? He's like, try this beer, try this beer, try this beer. <laughs> and where I live, we're actually a wine region, so. Ooh. Yeah. Riesling. Riesling. I was gonna say Riesling. Mm-hmm. Good like Riesling. Nice good Riesling. Mm-hmm. Not that's cheapo. probably for Margaret. Margaret would be the good Riesling. Yeah, she would Aww. want. She would want a good glass of wine. Not PBR out of a blood cooler. Out of like one of the, <laughs> and it's like one of the old cans too. Did you guys notice mm-hmm. that? It's like the old school. <laughs> Pop toppy thing. Someone did their research and prop. They got it right. But again, I choose to believe that Robert Altman put these people in costume on set with period appropriate beer cans and then just gave them limited rolling. lines, right? Limited yeah. direction and just said go. And, well, and so much of the actual lines, it's it's the announcement and then ADR. So right. So let's start with the announcement. This is the infamous. <laughs> We give up on 24-hour clock, or on military time. Pretty much. So he says at, eight, at 0800, um, which he obviously realizes halfway through would be 8 a.m. Yeah. And then he tries to do the math, and then also 0800 isn't 9 o'clock this evening. <laughs> it's just a mess. I think Volmer's had a couple PBRs. He probably has. Why not? This is his one time to relax. Although, no, I choose to believe that Volmer eventually was just like, I give up. I give up. This is happening. I'm going to have a couple beers. <laughs> Screw it. <laughs> Screw it. Volmer's night off. Volmer's night off. If you're not used to the 24-hour clock. That's true. Yeah, we were just, we were talking before about how I've used it enough 
that I feel like I can use it and it's not a problem, but I, it's like speaking another language. I have that little moment of translation in my brain. Yes. It's not instantaneous for me, which is what I always heard. You know, you're fluent in a language when you can dream in that language. And so I don't dream in 24 hour clocks. No. I do not either. We use it regularly. We use it for everything in Germany. So we are on the 24-hour clock. But if we talk to each other in private, we would also say just come at 9 and not come at 2100. Huh. But everything official, TV guide, whatever, and news on the radio, they will say, hello, it is 1400 hours. Normal. Did Europe just adopt that during World War II? I have no idea. It's always been like that. Yeah. I just real. I so my question: What if you were texting someone, "Come over at nine p.m." What would you type? If I'm texting for something that has to happen like two days later, mm-hmm. I would actually use the twenty-four hour clock. I would say, yeah. "Come at twenty-one hundred hours, mm-hmm. and I'll be there." If it's clear from the context that we're gonna meet in like two hours, okay. and it's already seven p.m., I'm gonna say, "Come at nine." context basically but <laughs> if we if we do formal dates as in make appointments and stuff it will always be the 24-hour version i was wondering i was like is it just writing versus talking but you're right it just context <laughs> is what's more important you also use it in in the context that you say let's meet at 8 a.m or p.m mm-hmm. so your a.m and p.m would be the context it's just yeah. that we don't use it my coworkers absolutely love, I've been made fun of at multiple jobs for this, of when I take phone messages, I always put AM or PM next to it, even if there's no way someone called at 2 AM and we had this conversation in my office, like, obviously it was 2 PM. I'm only in the office these hours. And so there would be no confusion. And yet if I am writing down when I talk to someone, I always put that in. And I have no idea where that came from in my brain of official dumb. The next note I have for this party is a question. Oh, okay. So that nurse in the middle is Nako McCarthy. Who's knocking about her knockers? Yeah, how much do we think she's showing when she She does She still wears her... It doesn't look like her t-shirt is up, so I don't think she's showing anything. So she's... Maybe she's just, like, dancing and it's wiggling. (laughs) It's just opening your shirt is suggestive, even if you have on another shirt Well, (laughs) Well, would it have made past the censors if she actually... Were there still censors in 69? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I feel like... I mean, you can't really see anything anyway, so it probably wouldn't matter. That's what I mean. Someone's shoulders blocking anyway. Right. So, so the it doesn't most really matter. Little... But then again, I mean, we just did, you know, we're on in the to the night minute in the 80s where it's like gratuitous topless shot like every. Yeah. <laughs> like Technically, we are going to see nudity later. It's right. just so quick. Yeah. And so I, I totally get that. But even if she had on a, I was trying to see if she still had on her T-shirt, like the white T-shirt that I they usually wear. Does. I think she does. Yeah. Okay. I think she does. Maybe she's not, just not she wearing a wide bra strap, so Yeah, maybe maybe she's not wearing a bra and it's just like wiggling them and stuff. I mean oh. who's to say that, you know That's a good idea because I could if you have on I mean and those are cheap white t shirts. That's true, you can probably see everything no anyway. <laughs> or maybe someone spilled beer and we just don't see the spillage, you mm. know, wet t shirt situation. Yeah, she's enjoying like this is her She's like, she's just having a good time. Yeah, no, right, because you can You'd see... You'd think if someone spilled on her, she'd at least be like, what was that? You know, annoyed. Instead huh. of like, ooh, I can play with this. Say, is her name really Nako, or is it just... I'm sure she has a real name, but... 
Sadly. That's what she's <laughs> called and credited as. I mean, Lieutenant Dish Dish also sounds like it's not really her name. No. Although they she, call her that. Lieutenant Dish does have a real name, but they never say it. They say her first name at one point, and then I think like 20 minutes later, someone says her last name. <laughs> someone else. Like, they're not connected at all until you realize like, oh, that must be her name. I think Leslie is just Leslie. I don't know if that's supposed to be her first or last name. And she's just credited as, she comes with the nickname Nako. And I think I'm like mentally scanning now. I think she is the uh, best endowed of the nurses. In that particular scene? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think in the unit, she oh, in the is unit? the most bosomy nurse. So maybe that's why she got the nickname. Yeah. She's a knockout. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she owns it. Oh, yeah. She, she's Actually, having a good time. Yeah, she is having the best time. <laughs> They all seem to have a really good time there. Yeah, and, and even Donald Sutherland is loosened up by now. He's loosened up a bit, yeah. <laughs> He's no like, longer thinking, what am I doing in this He's place? like, I'm going to pay to drink beer? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Hail to the chief. Which I wrote down in my notes that I took this as long live the chief. I'm so glad I wrote it correctly in the Yeah, that's what Raider is singing, long live the chief. the chief. So that is our president's theme song, I guess. It's like the the flourish that they play when he comes walking yeah. out. So like if he gets off Is it disrespectful? No, it's respect well, it's supposed to be respectful. I right. mean if if they use it <laughs> out they- of context, if they use it not in the context so of the president, the thing, is it disrespectful? <laughs> I don't know. No, I mean Trapper John has been appointed chief surgeon. So they are singing Hail to the Chief. Uh, that is appropriate. theory. Yeah, it's not because Hail to the Chief is not official. It's not like changing the words to God Save the Queen. Yeah, which oh. would probably get you in more trouble. It's unofficial. There are no words to Hail to the Chief. It's just a little thing that plays whenever he enters. Everyone makes up words to Hail to the Chief. So technically this is, it's going to get disrespectful because of the context of this party. Right. But in and of itself, it isn't like, oh my God, Raider's, Raider's singing Hail to the Chief and it's not the president. <laughs> like that's, there's a movie, My Fellow Americans, an old 90s movie about two former presidents who hate <laughs> oh, each other yeah, and are forced yeah, yeah. to get along. And one of the really sweet things is one of them won't admit what the words to Hail to the chief that he made up were it's just one of those like running gags throughout the movie that one of them admits what he's saying in his head and the other one won't do it (laughs) and also in the movie dave that is my favorite hail to the chief lyrics that i used as my aim away message whenever i was at the showers in college of he's singing in the shower and he goes hail to the chief he's the chief and so we hail him he is the chief because he get, keeps himself so clean. Uh, he's got the power. That's why he's in the shower. Ow! <laughs> anyway. <laughs> What'd okay. you find, Megan? Oh, okay. so there's a... It turns out the song is based off a poem. And it does have lyrics, but they're rarely heard. Oh, well. I like my nerd. And it goes, hail to the chief for we have chosen for the nation. Hail to the chief, we salute him one and all. Hail to the chief as we pledge cooperation in proud fulfillment of a great noble call. Yours is the aim to make this country, grand country grander. This you will do. That's our strong, firm belief. Hail to the one we selected as commander. Hail to the president. Hail to the chief. Mm. Also, when you Google it, apparently Trump doesn't like it. So that seems appropriate as well. Uh You know what? Corporation, Hashtag right? no politics. Good. I'm glad he doesn't like it. Let's stop <laughs> playing it when he walks in somewhere. Um, but apparently, <laughs> fine with that. Until yeah, the, the NPR <laughs> article is entitled "Hail to the Chief Fanfare Sought by Some Presidents, Avoided by Others." <laughs> 
from March 4th, 2017. Um, okay. Yeah. But it was first played in the 1815 or so as a tribute to George Washington. So, you know, okay. it's got it's some really street cred. Then. It's old, yeah. yeah. We do not have something like that in Germany. We only have our national anthem that's played when... You win. Official things, but... <laughs> no, we actually hear it very, very, very rarely. It's really only used in official functions. So we do not have a song that is played when the chancellor comes. She just comes. <laughs> She's just there. Yeah. Yeah, that was one of my favorite things. The summer camp I worked at hired a lot of international counselors. You know, as long as your English is good enough, we're, we're done. So a lot of counselors from England and Ireland, obviously, and Australia, but... We also would have a couple Germans here and there. And I always loved the international counselors being told that every morning we would walk down, watch the flag be raised, say the Pledge of Allegiance. <laughs> and then every day at the end of the day, we would watch it be lowered. And then at the end, and they were just like, all the time? <laughs> They're like, you say the Pledge of Allegiance every day? Isn't that a bit much? <laughs> Yeah, it's something we don't do. We also do not have this um, attachment to our flag. It's just this form of patriotism that is connected to symbols was mm -hmm. literally bombed out of us in 45. That's why I thought of the World Cup thing, because I remember that being such a big deal of people being like, yeah, hey, because because we're just covered in flags and songs. <laughs> it was actually the first time I remember that being covered in a German flag was not looked upon as strange. Yeah. It has changed in recent years, but I remember growing up, having a flag out or standing when the national anthem plays was considered to be very conservative sign. And um, we have kind of like a different attitude towards these things now. And that's why it looks so strange for most Germans when we travel to the States and we see flags outside almost every house. <laughs> Which is a funny thing, because I feel like that is starting to happen in our country. Megan, we can decide if you don't want to release this and open that can of worms, that's <laughs> fine. But I think when I was growing up, if you had a house with like the bracket for a flagpole, you put out the American flag. Like, yeah, the and then, that's and, normal. And right. now I feel like it is becoming more of, like you said, a conservative sign, like being super patriotic, being super about the flag. Thinking football players who kneel are disrespecting our nation. Yeah. So, so I I live in like rural northern New England, and uh, New Hampshire's state motto is a uh, "Live free or die." If that tells you anything. And uh, I will say that there are certain cars. There's two trucks in ta my town that both are like the big, giant, honking, gas guzzling pickup trucks. Mm -hmm. And one is covered in pro-veteran bumper stickers, which I have no problem mm -hmm. with, and has an American flag that, it, like, giant American flag coming off the tailpipe, kind of, on the uh, back. Yep, and yep. Um, again, like, I would think certain times of the year wouldn't want to deal with that, but it gets really ratty, and I always think that's just, like, more disrespectful. And then there's another truck that kind of is the same thing, but it's a little bit more liberal because it has a couple bumper stickers that would insinuate that. But they take very good care of their flags. They have a good flag, you know, a new flag about every month when it starts to even remotely look ratty. So, you know, some people really like their flags. But I also live, I also work in an area that has a lot more, well, for here, I would say it's diversity. I would still say it's Whitey McWhitesville. But uh, <laughs> let's be honest. But relative Relative, diversity. right. But 
But up there, it's not uncommon to see the American flag on a flagpole and then whatever, like another country's flag below it. Because there's a lot of people who are dual citizens or have ties. You know, they lived in another country for a long time. It's not uncommon to see people who their car went to Europe or they bought their car in Europe and then they came back and they keep the EU license plate on the car. That is such a power symbol. God, I would love to have the money to do that. Ooh, that is allowed. As long as you have the regular one on the back. Yeah, so New Hampshire has a law, and I think Vermont because I live across the river from Vermont, I think the law is you have to have the state license plate prominently displayed in the front and back of the car, but you can still have your EU license plate as long as it doesn't obscure your ability to read the state plate. See, when I was growing up, you only had the license plate on the back, and so if you had a European car, you could leave the European one on the front, and that to me was just like, you must be so rich. Like, (laughs) what do I have to do? Like, to me, that was the ultimate status symbol. If you had the European license plate on the front. That is like, that is like uh, James Bond and Goldfinger. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember the scene where they switch the plates around? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> foo, foo, foo. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't happen here though. You know, like, rules are a thing against regulation. No, no foreign plates on a car that is registered in this country. Yeah. Actually, um, some people do it. They like the way American plates look mm-hmm. because there are some that are really pretty. Yeah, Hawaii has that rainbow on it. It's gorgeous. Yes. <laughs> they used to put them in the back window. Oh, okay. Uh, okay, yeah. And it isn't allowed. You're not supposed to have a foreign <gasps> license plate at your car. Oh. Yeah, I mean, as far as I know, it's not illegal. I see people do it, so... I don't know what the rule is now that Connecticut requires a front plate, too. Because it, mm. it used to not be a problem. Yeah. Like, for two different ends, so it didn't matter. But yeah, I, I haven't noticed since they started requiring that if people have both or what. Or if these people are so rich, they can just afford to pay whatever fine <laughs> for having it. All right. Yeah, that's all I got for this minute. But now I'm thinking about how weird it is that it's not enough to just hang the flag outside every building. We need to put it on our cars, too, and bring it with us. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Symbolic. (laughs) Doris, thank Mm -hmm. you so much for joining us. It was was fun. fun. Yeah, this, this worked out really well. Is there anything in any of the movie that you wanted to talk about? I, I know we talked a little bit the first day about how different this is from the show, but I, I wanted to kind of open the floor. Well, it is really different. I mean, I hadn't watched it in so long. It's not really just this movie. It's just probably the time it was done. And it's just so extremely sexist. Wow. The scene in Japan. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, when they go to the golf tournament and... Yeah, and... and Not the golf part. Not the golf golf part, clearly, but that's when they go to Japan, yeah. Yeah. Or, well, it's not just the golf tournament. You said it. You said it. It it didn't really age well. Didn't age well. I mean, not that the TV show hasn't given me some moments where I've gone, ooh. also really bad, but it's, it's much more benign. Yes. I'd say it's not as dark and from the total outlook. And it is also sexist as hell. But I mean, it is the (laughs) 70s and it is the early 80s. We just look at the stuff with our 2019 eyes and it's just different now. But what gives? (laughs) I also wonder, too, if it's a volume thing. Like the show doesn't seem as bad because there's just so much more of it that the ratio of sexist or racist things is so much less. Yeah. I guess. 
So it's interesting, like, at one point I was just doing some research on MASH in general, and I found a lot of, like, well, should you still like MASH in the age of Me Too? <laughs> and so it's like, oh, some people are like, no, you really, like, we should just, like, bury this, you know, move on. And other people are like, but it's, but it's MASH. Yeah, and well, <laughs> on the other hand, we're historians. <laughs> you can't just bury everything oh, no, that doesn't, does, does no longer fit our modern sensibilities, because then we would literally have to bury almost everything. Yeah, pretty much, right? <laughs> and as long as we're having context, and so, it just doesn't mean that we can act like this now. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with it. I wish Altman would have tried to bring more Asian people in it, because... <laughs> It feels like there are some easy tweaks that could have been made to make it that little bit better. Yeah. In that in in both the Me Too and just representation in general sense, where there would still be people saying we should never speak of this. It would still look completely anachronistic to our eyes, but it wouldn't be so blatant in your face constantly it's just that what i think it is supposed to be set in korea even if you wanted to make it look like vietnam which it doesn't want seen it doesn't look asian yeah yeah you yeah. get the feel that yeah this was shot on the back lot of the fox studios no that's fair and actually we could do a whole conversation on american military in other countries and how they make little america <laughs> Yeah, I mean, oh, I know I people who have tell lived you in Germany on the American basis, and they <laughs> yeah, know right. nothing about Germany. I lived near Little America. Yeah, it's it's crazy when you read those descriptions, and it's just like, here's the movie theater, here's the ice cream. It mm. looks like a Norman Rockwell painting from 1950. And there's the gas station. There's the PX. <laughs> I find it fascinating, but I definitely see how that would not translate well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we used to live really close to an American base and they had this German-American summer fest every summer and I had to go to the bank and get US dollars to buy stuff there mm, because they, take- they wouldn't take a mark. You, It was <gasps> American beer, by the way, it was American beer. Oh, I'm sorry. American ice cream <laughs> and, and stuff and they would only take dollars. They couldn't be nice and just take whatever? Jeez. <laughs> It was Little America, but of course there were local people employed for all kinds of stuff in barracks and stuff. And I guess here they would have had Korean people do all kinds of things. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. In the unit. Yeah, it's like when Robert Alvin, did he, actually, one of his criticisms of the TV show was that it was racist because there were Asian people in your living room. And I'm like, but your movie didn't have any, well, except for Hojon, really. There's no. An actor who, as far as I can tell, just disappeared off the face of the earth after. This. At least as an actor, like right? I mean, hopefully he still had a nice life. Launch his career, <laughs> right? Exactly. This did not launch his acting career at all, right? He's hopefully and, okay, which may have been his choice, I'm, right? I'm maybe, not right? That, but yeah. And one thing I really like about it is mm-hmm. that he used almost exclusively, except for two or three people like Elliot Gould and Donald Sutherland, he used unknown faces. Yeah, that I really like. Who mostly went on to become known. <laughs> yeah, for most of them, it was I, the start. I can't find anything. Yeah, I love the way he went to bat for the people who are on his side, and I've I've said that can also be a criticism of that means if you weren't Team Altman, you just almost didn't exist to him. I mean, you were there, you were in the thing, but made no impression. I wanted to ask, you said you watched this movie a while back. Mm-hmm. What kind of brought it to you? Because obviously none of us saw this in the theaters when it came out. I wasn't even born yet. <laughs> yeah, same. Okay. <laughs> that would have been a trick no, and a half. I guess, well, the first time I really sat down and watched it consciously was last week. 
in mm-hmm. preparation for this. And Thank you. I guess, <laughs> yeah, teacher doing homework is, <laughs> is just obligatory. But I guess I must have caught it on television. It must have been on television. I said, well, MASH? movie hmm, i'm gonna watch mm-hmm. it because as i said i was never a fan who sat down to watch every episode of mash when it was available but i always liked it i must have watched it on tv i guess that makes sense i would be thrilled to see a tv edit of this yeah. movie that would be interesting probably was on after 10 p.m oh yeah and also german tv is much more loud than mm-hmm. american tv we don't bleep stuff we don't cut out nudity and as long as it's not too graphic and the violence department well it's it, it will not be on at 8 p.m but it will be on 10 p.m the only movie that I consciously know that Germany has a TV edit is Temple of Doom. <laughs> if that is on at 4 p.m., it will be slightly edited. But if it's on after 8, after the, the main evening news, it will be in the theatrical version. I like that. That would have really helped me. I guessed it on Escape from New York Minute, and I watched the minutes they sent me, but the version I watched of it was off TV. And I was like, yeah, I'll fast forward commercials, whatever. I didn't think through that they would bleep and cut out things. And so the hosts are just like, you watched a totally different movie than this <laughs> is. This is a hard R movie. <laughs> yeah. And I saw it for PGIs. <laughs> That wouldn't be on on German television before 10 p.m. anyway. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't bother editing it anything out. I kind of like that rule. It feels much easier to follow. But then, of course, After if 10 you... 10 p.m., fine. Yeah, but if you caught it on German TV, it would be dubbed, of course. You wouldn't understand yes. a thing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the greatest moments of my life was it was late at night, I turned on the TV and Back to the Future was on and I was just like, yeah, sure, whatever. I had it on. I was typing or talking to someone on my computer, whatever. And then it went to commercial and all of a sudden I realized all the commercials were in Spanish. I knew the movie so well I had not processed that they were not saying the lines. It was dubbed in Spanish. (laughs) That is. It also was very early in the morning, so I was tired. But like the minute it wasn't something I quote unquote knew, I realized it. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) thank you for joining us, Doris. You're welcome. It's been really fun to actually get to talk to you. And we will talk to you online and we will talk to our listeners on the next episode of MASH Minute. Oh, my God.